Welcome to All the Balls Week 20. We are officially in Jake's car. We had some technical difficulties to start the show off, but welcome Week 20, All the Balls, Justin Miller, Jake Platter, Connor Howe, sitting in the back. We have a lot to talk about here today. We're talking about the College Football National Championship. We're going to be talking about the Red Sox. We'll be talking about the breaking news that happened yesterday in the James Harden trade. We'll also be talking about this weekend coming up, a wild weekend involving some NFL games. We've got four crazy games to talk about. Thanks, Mandy, for being the first viewer. We really appreciate it. Hopefully, you are going to stay in for the whole show tonight. Yeah, she, uh, she takes pride in being the first viewer. Yeah, I mean, thank thanks, you. Thanks, Mandy. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Give us your thoughts on the Alabama game the other night. We'd really appreciate it. But, Connor, you doing good today? Jake, how was your day? How was your week? How was your weekend? It's been a long work week, but um, it's winding down, and I'm ready for uh, some wine and getting down. Some wine and getting down. Connor, how are you feeling back there? Uh, well, so we're recording on a Thursday, you know. We're three days removed from Monday, so we're getting better as the days go on. Good math by Connor. You know, uh, we're just, football-wise, we're just looking for the draft. You know what? This is week 20, so we just wanted to be a little different. We wanted to do this episode from the car. You know what? There's technical difficulties. It was, it was Jake's idea. Me and Connor were completely against it at first, but then we said, you know what, Jake? We'll, we'll go in your car and do all the balls week 20. So here we are, Connor Howe's driveway, beautiful neighborhood, a rainy night, you know. Week the car's tw- pretty comfortable. No, it is comfortable. I mean, love these leather seats right now. Thanks, man. I, I mean, Connor, I do love your basement, but man, this is comfortable. it's comfortable in here. But I could sleep in here. Hopefully we don't have to. Jake's gonna Jake's gonna adjust the screen a little bit real fast. But all right, here we go. Week twenty. For those of you that are into college football, the season's officially over. Connor, I don't know how you feel right now, but if I was in your shoes, I wouldn't be feeling too good. Ohio State got their asses kicked the other night by Alabama and Connor. Coming into the game, I told you I didn't think Ohio State had a shot, but man, I didn't think it was gonna be that bad. You know, I thought they were gonna win this game, and I honestly did from the bottom of my heart, and it was so tough to see because. Early on, you could tell it was just, it wasn't looking good. Um, I know Ohio State, I know Alabama got out to an early start. Ohio State was able to retaliate for the most part. Um, I know they kicked the field goal after Alabama's third touchdown. So it kind of went off the rails there. And you could just tell watching that game, Ohio State's defensive scheme didn't work well. They didn't, they just didn't have, um, they didn't scheme it right for, in terms of covering Devonta Smith. They didn't have the personnel to cover Devonta Smith personally. You could see why he's a, Heisman winner, first wide receiver since 91. And, you know, we just, they were a better team. You have you have to say it if, if it is true. And watching that game, it, is, it was very clear that they were the better team. Uh, Fields is the better of the two quarterbacks, but. You Mac, think so? Oh, I know so. Yeah. I, I know so. so. Mac, Jones is, Mac Jones is a ton of talent around him, and that's no disrespect to Mac Jones. And they accomplished a lot. The only yeah. undefeated team in college football this year. So, I mean, congratulations to Alabama. Seventh national title. Um, and Nick Saban is keeping the factory running alive and well. Connor, I completely agree with you. I, like I said, going into the game, I didn't, think, I didn't think they had a shot to win the game. I didn't think it would be quite as bad as it was. But listen, Justin Fields and Mac Jones to me are pretty similar. I don't know if either one of them is going to be great in the NFL. I like what Mac Jones did this season. I didn't think he was this good to begin with, but leading the team to the national championship, leading them the way he did this whole season, his offensive weapons are good. Yes, you got Devontae Smith. He didn't have Jalen Waddle for a lot of the season, but man, he made that Ohio State secondary look pretty pathetic in that championship game, Connor. And if I'm a Buckeyes fan today, if I'm a Buckeyes fan after that championship game, I'd be shaking my head. You guys had a prime opportunity to knock off an Alabama team that's always at the top. 
Justin Fields is a great quarterback. I don't know how good he's going to be next year in the NFL, whether he's good. I, I'm hoping he's going to be a good quarterback. But you guys had a prime spot, a prime chance, a prime opportunity to knock down prime that Alabama rib. team. Prime rib. You want prime, prime rib. rib? But, man, Connor, you guys, the secondary looked bad. The defensive line, it just seems like they couldn't even get any pressure on the quarterback, on Mac Jones. Mac Jones was feeling himself. I'd be feeling myself, too, if I was him in that game because you guys got absolutely smoked in that game. You're right, but you got you to listen. You got to look at the game objectively. You can't put your heart into it. You have to look at what you saw on tape. And you're right. Ohio State didn't bring any pressure, and Ohio State's defensive line front is one of their staples for this year. But what was was an Alabama staple every year in and year out? Championships. Well, yes, but <laughs> that old line is going to be stout. They're not going to touch Mac Jones, especially if you only bring five to the house. We didn't blitz a lot. We didn't bring six, seven guys a lot. We didn't get a free rusher on Mac Jones. Nope. That has to happen nope. you know, if you want to win that game. You let Mac Jones sit there and pick apart basically five to six guys on defense. And if we're playing zone, it's more like seven guys. And he once it was three seconds were up, he, he found his guy and he was able to pick us apart and beat us. And that's why I'm talking about schemes. Like we just didn't bring the pressure. The scheme wasn't right. And they did, they do have better guys. They got better talent. They're a better team. You, I have to admit that. You have to look at that. And everyone out there is, as a college football team, is out to get Alabama. So, yes, we're building a team that's supposed to beat Alabama, hypothetically. But we had a good season this year, and that shouldn't be discredited. You know, I I watched the game. I was hoping for a more exciting game, and I think the, the problem with with at least Connor and myself is that we, we picked uh, the winner with our hearts. Um, I think we knew that that Ohio State was uh, was sort of a, a long shot to win this game, but we, we were hoping. We saw what Justin Fields did against Clemson. And, and we thought, you know, anything's possible. But, I, you know, it, it really was just, it looked like men against boys, honestly. It, it, and really, I think it came down to the game plan. Um, it started off, you know, Alabama passed all over the place. Devontae Smith had three touchdowns. <laughs> Lisa, that was funny. Yes, it um, was. <laughs> and, and, you know. <laughs> um, Thanks for listening. Yeah. I think that. You know, once you establish the running game and Najee Harris was running all over the place, it really opens up that passing attack. And when you need to defend all fronts and, and your Ohio State defense isn't isn't as stout as it as it should be against an Alabama offense, you, you really the game's already over. Um and I think even from the start we were it, it seemed like Ohio State was playing catch up. Yeah. From from the first quarter. Yes. Um and, and you can't do that against Alabama and as soon as they tried it was over. Yeah, in order to win that game, you got to be the team to score first. You got to keep pressure on the entire game. Listen, they were pretty close the first quarter, the cu- first couple minutes of that second quarter. But man, as that game went on, you see Alabama get a wide receiver by the name of Devontae Smith, and who's that? Nobody can stop him. He's he's a good receiver on Alabama. No, he's the, one of the best receivers in football. He's going to be an unbelievable NFL player, in my opinion. Like I said on the show last week, he reminds me a lot of Tyree Kill. I don't know if he's going to be as good as Tyree Kill, but man, he got great speed. He's a good receiver. He needs to get a little bit more. More muscle on those arms, but... That's a weird comp for me. Tyreek Hill? Yeah, I just think he's more... I see Calvin Ridley. Yeah, he's got longer arms, yeah. and, like, he's not he's not quick. He's just I think his really, speed... I think he has the speed. Strides. Thanks, like, Lisa. Like, he's just... He's kind of <laughs> like a spider. Like, he's really skinny, but he's got long-ass arms, and he's got long legs. So, like, Julio? He's, he's a combination. Not, Julio's built. Julio's built. He's not like Julio. He's more like Ridley, like you said. He's a little skinny. The Kevin Durant of... Yeah, exactly. Of exactly. 
wide receivers. There you go. There you go. If Durant played wide receiver, he'd be Devonta Smith. Well, you know, whatever he is, none of us have. <laughs> none of us are going to have, unfortunately. But he's going to be a great player at the next level, in my opinion. Should be a top 10 pick. People are saying right now he could be a top 5 pick. We'll see if that comes true in the NFL draft. But, Connor, you know what? That. You did something that my Boston College football team hasn't done. They, you actually made it to the national championship. The BC Eagles are still trying to... Get their foot ahead of them. I mean, they've been bad for a long Shout time. Shout out to Matt Ryan. I think they measure success in different ways. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's an Ohio State team that's you need to get to the national championship. Right. You got to win one. Unfortunately, BC you, had a good year. Yeah, they did. Jeff Halfley's a good coach. I like what they have in that program right now. But we'll talk about BC a different day. You guys played tough in the first quarter. Not the rest of the really the right. game too much, but unfortunately, that was what happened in the college football championship. Alabama wins yet again another t- title. Nick Saban now gets seven. Pretty impressive. One of the best coaches of all time, no doubt about that. But you guys, let's keep it. Let's keep it with the football right now. We'll move it to the NFL side of things. We'll give you our predictions for the divisional round weekend ahead of us. But you guys, just quick observations from what you saw Wild Card Weekend. We saw six games. We saw three on Saturday, three on Sunday. We saw some wild things happen. We saw Seattle lose. We saw Josh Allen continue his amazing season. We saw Lamar Jackson with a crazy, crazy run in that game. Mm. We saw a lot of things happen. You know, you know what else we saw? We saw Tom Brady win another playoff game. Shocker. This time against an NFC opponent. You guys, we got four great games coming up. Let's go over what just what surprised you the most, Jake, this week and what just happened. There was a lot of crazy things we saw. What surprised me the most? I mean, I, uh, I, I mean, I think it's probably how well the Ravens defense stopped Derrick Henry. Yeah. This guy ran for 2,000 yards over the season, something that is done, you know, a couple times a decade. And and they held him to, like, 40 yards on 20 carries. They, every time he was running, he got hit behind the line. And, you know, he's, he's a big Mack truck, so he falls forward and he gains a couple of yards. But I think his longest run of the day was, like, eight yards. Yeah. And and when that happens, you are you are going to beat the Titans. And the Ravens knew exactly how to stop him, and they did it. And I was very surprised at how well they were able to do it. Um, the, the Titans really couldn't even get that passing game going once Derrick Henry was, was being shut down. Now, a couple things I observed, not necessarily things I'm super surprised about, but the first one is Seattle, they're your total frauds. Completely. Um, you know, I, they, they seem to be melting down from the second half of the season on. Um, just, a, just gross by them. Um, they, they started off real hot. Russell Wilson looked like the MVP, and I don't even think he's going to finish top three MVP. Definitely not. Um, And, you know, we we still thought he was going to be able to beat the the Rams, you know, play off Russ. He's a great player. Um, But he just just didn't show up. He looked terrible. And somehow a Jared Goff, who wasn't even supposed to be playing in that game, came in and and beat them. And I get Seattle's defense isn't great, but Russell Wilson couldn't keep up. And it, it was just really disappointing. I like to see him go deep into the playoffs um, because he's just an exciting football player to watch, but he didn't do it. Um, The second observation I made was I'm very unimpressed with the Saints. Um, I know I I was lone wolfing on uh, the Bears making the upset, and they didn't even cover. They lost by 12. But, you know, that... The 21 points, like, I get the Bears' defense is decent, but... They stink, that team. That offense is pathetic. Dave Montgomery's good, but that Chicago offense... They, the Saints only had 21 points. That That's not going to win you games, like that, especially playoff games. If you get 21 points, I think you're losing at least 8 out of 10 times in a playoff game. Most likely. Um, and, and, yeah, it's just not enough. Like, yeah, the those 2 out of 10 are against the Bears and... Uh, the the Jets? Other, yeah, some other teams. Yeah, the Jets, maybe. Um, 
it's maybe for the Jets, honestly. Um, but it's a definite for the Bears. And I just don't see the Saints going farther in, in this playoffs if they're going to keep playing offense the way they do because I think they're going to come against better offenses than them, better offenses than the Bears for sure, and they're going to get outmatched. What do, uh, what do you see, Connor? Well, you touched on it earlier. You said that you were talking about the Rams-Seahawks game, and that was a big – that was a big – I was really happy, but for Seattle, that was a big miss for them. And Walford obviously came came out of that game, and Goff came in. But Russell Wilson just he didn't he didn't look like the usually playoff Russ he always does. You know, he did he just didn't look he didn't look impressive. Um, DK Metcalf had a met, met, meltdown meltdown really early, which led to a pick six on the next play. On the next drive, rather, but it was like it was just a mess for Seattle, and they they looked like a mess in the second half of the season. I don't know what happened. They think it's the offensive coordinator. They fired Schottenheimer after that game. So I mean, I don't know where you go with Seattle. They gave up their first to the Jets, 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 Jets. Go Jets. So we're gonna be picking second and twenty third. Congrats to us. And we're gonna have their first next year. I'm really excited for that too. And we have their third round pick this year. So the highest they're going to pick is second round. I don't know what they're going to do. They still have to pay Jamal Adams, too. You have to decide if you're going to do that. Like They probably should. Definitely you should. Because he he's a playmaker. Can't cover a soul. You could probably cover a soul. Uh, Justin, what are your thoughts on, on Jamal Adams' covering abilities? Not as a sack. He can get sacks. I think he's good, not great. I think, I think a lot of people do underestimate him. But in the opinion of you, Connor, seeing him on the Jets, I'd be very disappointed. I'm not saying he's not a good, not a good coverage guy. I'm happy. I'm happy we got rid of him. Got two first. I mean, no. If I'm you, I'm happy you got rid of him. But man, I've never been a huge Jamal Adams fan in the first place. He was, he was an All Pro. He was nice. But my observations from the weekend. Listen, we saw some great games. We saw some very good games. Josh Allen still amazes me. Lamar Jackson had a great game. That's going to lead up to a phenomenal game, in my opinion. I think that might be the number one game of the weekend coming up. Mother observation from what we saw, a guy by the name of Taylor Heineke. This is a guy that was on the Patriots practice squad wiping the toilet for Tom Brady. No, he wasn't doing that. But man, this he was is a wiping guy, his ass though. This was a guy that was picking up the garbage that Tom Brady left at Gillette Stadium after practices. He went out there. He didn't win the game against Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, but man, he played pretty well for a guy he lost that lost pretty well. He played pretty good. This guy threw over 300 yards in that game. Mm-hmm. Do you see the rushing touchdown from him getting to the freaking corner of the goal? That was unbelievable. Taylor Haneke, they lost the game, but kudos to him, man. That kudos rece- to him. <laughs> that receiving core is nothing special in Washington, and he made it look pretty good against that Tampa Bay oh, I secondary. I like Terry. Terry's good, but besides that, you got Cam Sims, you got Steven Sims, and you got pretty much <laughs> nothing else. J.D. McKiss. Yeah, he's a running back, but I'm impressed by the play of him against Tom Brady, and what, what else can you say? Tom Brady... Threw for 381 yeah. yards. Did we really think Tom Brady was going to lose? No, but no. that Washington defense is pretty good. It is. Yeah, and, you know, Chase Young says he wants Tom Brady, and I think he sacked him once, but Tom Brady Tom Brady had no intention of losing this game. I think that they almost were already preparing for... Uh, ooh. Ooh. I think they were already preparing for uh, their next game. No, they definitely... Yeah, All yeah. Right, you're gonna give you're going to give the fans some nausea. We're giving them a different view of Connor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but... Moving on, Connor, we'll be talking about these games. We'll be talking about our predictions coming up at the end of the show. We're going to be talking some basketball right now. And by the way, Max, thank you. The score is still one nothing, Bruins, I think it is. 
Bruins are back tonight, which is very good. I saw that Brad Marchand goal. Connor, I think your Islanders are up 3 nothing. That was as of a couple minutes ago. Hopefully the score is still 3 nothing. End of the first. End of the first right now? Uh, it was, but it, I'm sure they're in the second right now. But it's good to see hockey back. Good to see the Bruins back. Good to see the Islanders back. Lisa Post is nauseous. All right. We'll be moving on to some NBA talk. Listen, the season's only, what, 10, 12 games in. The Celtics have been on a break for, it seems like, a month now. But, you guys, we've seen some crazy stuff so far. The New York Knicks haven't looked as bad as I thought they would. Zion Williamson dealing with COVID just like a lot of other hey, people first things first, in man. the NBA. But I know we're starting with there was a blockbuster move that happened yesterday. For those of you that don't know, James Harden is now a member of the Brooklyn Nets. And that team has Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Guys, what the hell went on in the NBA yesterday? Can I go last? Yeah. You want to go last? Go yeah. go first. I'll go first then. Um, I'll start with then. We all know there's only one basketball. And watch out. Watch out because they might have to incorporate a second basketball in Brooklyn because we all know that Harden, KD, and Kyrie are top six in usage rate for the past nine seasons. I'm sure we all knew that. Well, I mean, if you watch basketball, you don't. Have, you shouldn't know that, but you should probably guess that they all like the like the basketball in their hands. Of course, I'm they do. I'm big, you, on, the, I'm big on the, the stat, usage rate metrics. And the stats show that they all three of them were top six in the past nine seasons for usage rate. That includes Steph Curry, LeBron James, and I think it was Lillard who's also on that list. Really? Yes. Nine seasons. That's that's nine, ridiculous. The past nine seasons. I'm, I find that hard to believe for Irving. Dude, he, I mean, he was a LeBron sidekick for like four of those years. Usage rate brought to you Usage by rate. Kia. Uh, you want you want to fact check it? NBAreference.com is a beautiful website, and they do all of that. But what I want to get to with this Brooklyn Nets team, they gave up a haul. They gave up four firsts. They gave up four pick swaps. They gave up Karis LeVert. They gave up Jared Allen. No, they traded three firsts. Three firsts? They yeah, gave one, up a, one of them was Cleveland. They gave up Cleveland. a lot. Three firsts and four pick swaps. And Lavert and Jared Allen. Tarian. And Tarian Prince, who's whatever. <gasps> I like he, Tarian. He's all right. Connor, so who won this trade? Who won? Houston. How did, The fact that they got four firsts and four pick swaps for Harden. Hey, whoa. After and Har- they got Victor Oladipo. He's, yeah, but he's going to leave after this year. So? Who cares? They man? just got Victor Oladipo. And he's going to leave. So my point is, Houston won because... They got an absolute haul for Harden. I didn't even think they could get two firsts for Harden. I thought that was going to be tough. You'll probably get one and a couple pick swaps thrown in there. He was tanking, tanking his trade value. Yep. He's shown up fat to the season. Oh, he's huge. He's major dad bod. He's inefficient as ever this season. He's disinterested. He's like, he's made it abundantly clear he doesn't want to play for the Rockets anymore. And he got his wish. And Houston made out. Incredible. I mean, if you look at the trade from Westbrook, too, they got like five firsts and four pick swaps. That's a lot. That's a lot. And they got, they already have some pieces there with Christian Wood and John Wall. They feel like they're building a culture. Don't talk about my Christian Wood. They feel like they're building a culture over there. I feel like they're moving in the right direction after this. What was your reaction when you saw this breaking news yesterday? I almost, I don't know what to do. Justin called me on the phone. My reaction was like, why is Brooklyn pushing the envelope here? They were, I feel like Brooklyn betted, was betting against themselves. Like, you, we saw the reports, us three, like, oh, yeah, like it was between Philly, Philly and Brooklyn. And I feel like Brooklyn saw that and was like, oh, man, we got to up the ante. When in reality, probably. they were probably the high, already the highest bidder. Probably. Well, I heard Simmons was involved. I heard it was Simmons. 
I heard they asked for Simmons, Maxi, and two firsts. And yeah, two did you see swaps. that any day of the week? Two firsts and two pick swaps in Philly. And then you see what they wanted from the Celtics. They wanted Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, a couple first-round picks. There were some crazy things that teams wanted That's yesterday. It's not that bad. It's not that bad, but I'm not giving away Jalen Brown the way he's playing no, he's, right now. He's playing like the best player on the team. What was your thoughts, Justin, that on overall between – it was a four-team trade, essentially. Yeah, I, I'm breaking down all four teams here when, right. when I go. Well, first of all – we knew that going into this, that there was rumors going into the day, going into the last couple of weeks, couple of months, that there's a chance that James Harden is going to Brooklyn. Did we want to believe it? No. Did I want to believe it? No way. I'm thinking James Harden pairing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I mean, we've seen super teams in the past with Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant, but did I really think in the right mind that there'd be another super team with these three players, guys that always want the ball? There's only one basketball, like you guys said before. We know that. But the thing that surprised me the most, yes, James Harden moved. And was I shocked? No, because I saw this coming. But after a couple minutes listening to Felgren Maz on the radio, I was driving home from work. They say there's more breaking news that Karis Levert's part of the trade. Victor Oladipo's part of the trade. The Pacers are part of the trade. All of a sudden, Jared Allen's on his way to Cleveland. I didn't think all this stuff would happen. Maybe I thought it would be maybe a trade. James Harden gets traded. A couple pieces move to Houston for him. I did not think there'd be more than two teams involved. But to me, the winner of this trade... I'm a huge Karis Levert fan. He's a young player in this league. He's a guy that can score the ball, and I think he's going to instantly upgrade the Indiana Pacers. I think he's better than Victor Oladipo. I understand Victor Oladipo is coming off an injury. I think Karis Levert's going to make the Indiana Pacers better. He's going to make the Indiana Pacers a top-five team in the East. This starting lineup with Malcolm Brogdon and Karis Levert is going to work perfectly. You're not forgetting. Demonis Sabonis is having Turner. a great, great season. He's improving. TJ Warren's Turner out. Too. And the thing that yeah, is also yeah. underrated to me, this bench yeah, is not that. The holidays are playing yeah, very good. The holidays come all year in, in Indiana. But listen, <laughs> Doug McDermott's a guy that people were ranking on a couple years saying he's not going to be good, he's not going to be good. Doug McDermott's having the best year of his career right now for this Indiana yeah, Pacers like team. Points? Probably like 12, 13. But man, he's shooting, light, he's shooting lights out right now. I, I think he was better on the Knicks. Going back no. to the trade, I think they won this trade with Karis LeVert. Obviously, Brooklyn's not going to be bad. You got James Harden, you got Kyrie Irving, you got Kevin Durant. You're not going to lose a lot of games. But losing Jared Allen, to me, is another thing. It's a little bit underrated. I think Jared Allen's a phenomenal player. Me yes, too. you got DeAndre Jordan, but Jared Allen's much better than DeAndre Jordan. Right. Allen's going to help this Cleveland Cavaliers lineup tremendously. But also, think about what Cleveland did. They now have Larry Nance, Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, Jared Allen, JaVale, JaVale McGee. McGee. <laughs> Somebody's going to be on the move for this team at some point. <laughs> are, the Celtics, the are the Celtics going to be interested? Are the Knicks going to be interested? Yes. I think it's a good move for the Cleveland Cavaliers to get Jared Allen. But, man, this team's huge. This team is absolutely huge. Drummond's on the last year of his deal. I would not be surprised at all if he gets moved at the deadline. I know he's on a big contract, but he's basically a rental at this point. A team that can take some salary, possibly the Celtics with their trade exception. I I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved for cheap and we pick him up halfway through the year. Um, And I'll honestly, yeah, Jake, I agree with you. I think that the Pacers won the trade. Good for Brooklyn. They got James Harden. They got Kyrie Irving. They got Kevin Durant. They're going to be good. I think the Celtics still have a chance to beat them. This team, there's a way that this team might explode. This team could explode. Oh, Jake, it's not even. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Let's hear. Let's hear what you got to say. But I I love Karis LeVert. I love what the Pacers did. I like what Cleveland did. And honestly, I don't think there's really many losers in this trade. I'm not a huge Oladipo fan, though. Can I? Can I go out on a limb? I'm gonna say long term. This is the the worst trade for Brooklyn. Um, I I'm not. I'm not. I don't even think it's close. Right now or for the future. No, he's comparing in, in, this between the Boston trade. I'm saying two years from now, Brooklyn is not going to be good. 
Probably not. Um, I I really I really believe that. Um, like Justin said, that my biggest thing short term is there's only one basketball, and you're dealing with Kevin Durant, who's the greatest non-alpha in the NBA, uh, paired with Kyrie Irving, who thinks he's the next great philosopher. He's a I can't and, stand and him. James Harden, who needs the ball ninety percent of the time. Um, two mental midgets and a guy who says he can't be a leader. I don't I don't know how that's gonna work. Um, and Kyrie apparently Kyrie Irving is you know he's out on Kevin Durant. He never wanted Steve Nash. He he he's a pro, he's starting problems. He's not even speaking to. Yeah, Brooklyn he's, right he's now. not even like he doesn't even show up to the games. He was like, on a Facetime call during the game the other yeah, night. Yeah, like what? Like he just doesn't want to go. He's taking like sabbaticals. I really believe the the Nets would have been better off trading Irving in this deal. I do to too. To get Harden, I do too. Um, and I I really don't know. I mean, like come playoff time, I'm sure all three of them are going to be on the court, but. Even then, there is only one basketball, and they yes they can all play off ball. Durant especially can play off ball, and he did it for a long time with the Warriors, and he did it very well. But th- these guys are going to be essentially taking turns. Most definitely, um, they're they're going to be watching each other play. They're not going to be involved. And on defense, I mean, Harden stepped up a little, but Irving is a terrible defender, and Harden is. Average at best at this point in his career, he weighs like 195 pounds. If he you know goes on a slim fast diet, you better go he, fast. Yeah, I mean he. That guy's looking like the Big Show these days, guys. Yeah, Jesus. it's gonna be it's gonna be not great for them. I could easily see them imploding. Now for the other teams, I I agree with Justin. I think Indiana is is the biggest winner of this trade. Um, Oladipo is declining rapidly. Um, and and Lavert is is just on the rise. This this guy I think has. Good. I think at this point in his career, he's already better than Oladipo um, at this point in time, and he, he has nowhere to go but up. He's going to be a better player. He could be the best option on that team if they needed him, and I don't think they do. I think the Pacers are a solid team that you know can rely on Warren, Brogdon, uh, Sabonis for offense, and with Levert out there too, they're going to be troubled. They're going to be really hard to stop. Good team. I like the move for them a lot. Now, I like the move for Cleveland. I wish – this is where I like really get aggravated with Danny Ainge because – Cleveland traded a Milwaukee first-round pick and got one of the best rim protectors in the NBA. Um, I know he's not a great scorer. He's not, like, anything special on the offensive end. He's a, he's a dunker. Right. But this guy, like, his highlight tape consists of blocking, you know, Giannis, blocking LeBron, blocking any other superstar you can name. And, and they traded Milwaukee's first-round pick for him. Milwaukee, if you guys don't know, is... Year in and year out, the best record in the NBA, meaning they get the worst pick in the draft. So they traded the worst pick in the first round for one of the best rim protectors in the NBA, and I don't understand why Danny Ainge can't do something like that. Our picks are more valuable than theirs. We have trade exceptions. We could literally just trade the pick, and we could have got him. Um, now, Houston, great job by Houston. That's a haul. They got um, they got Exum, they yeah. got Oladipo, and they got, what would you say, Connor? Eight first-round picks, essentially. Yeah, because um, I really do believe that in the future Houston will be better than Brooklyn. In Christian Wood, like you said, Jake, you were high on him going to the I'm season. I'm very high on Christian good. Wood. I think they have a great future. Um, we are parked. We're not on the road, just so you know. Um, <laughs> but I really, I really do, in conclusion, believe that long term, this is Brooklyn's. I mean, it's it's like I'm deja vu over here. They, this is like Celtics Brooklyn all over again. They jeopardize their entire future for a short-term window with guys I don't think are going to get it done. 
Um, and it's it's gross. I can't believe they didn't learn from this. They like wiped out their whole staff because of what happened last time. Right. And this, it's like these guys just saw this and were like, "This is a totally different deal. Let's do it." And their their whole future is gone. They have no first round picks way down the line. They're gonna get bad picks from Houston for years to come because those guys they have young guys. They're gonna be a good team for a while. Mm-hmm. It, it's just. I I let him, if they win a championship it's worth it but I don't think they will. It's just I'm I'm driving yesterday and like I said I knew Jake I told you I called you when I heard heard the news but then man I'm driving home and I hear Lavert's trade. I probably look like I don't know looking out to my left looking to my right people thought I was going crazy. I just opened my mouth I was like whoa. It's like what happened? I couldn't believe it. But Connor, I don't know where you were yet. Where were you when that trade went down? I was I was sitting in my room honestly and I was uh, luckily I was right on my phone and I I usually I get Woj on alerts, and usually it's just him retweeting some stupid stuff. But once, yep. once in a while, well, that wasn't stupid. Once stuff. in a while, you get a Woj bomb, and I I knew I knew a trade was probably going to happen in the near future because Woj tweeted at 10 a.m. It was like it was down to Brooklyn and Philly. I was like, oh wow, it's probably going to be 24 hours before right. something happens, and you know, two hours later, I get I get it. Harden's on Harden's on his way to Brooklyn, and it took it took him five minutes to get to come up with the other pieces of the trade and i understand why there was a lot of moving pieces a lot of teams yeah, he probably involved. heard it himself and he was like what yeah i had no idea what was going on he was like hold on i need a second to write this down let me call up all the gms <laughs> yeah but man that was obviously the breaking news yesterday the breaking news of the nba season so far i'm sure there's gonna be some more trades ahead of us as the as the trade deadline what the heck is she shaking her head for all right but uh, <laughs> but um yeah there'll be some more trades as we go down the road we're, what are we, 1-6 into the season right now? The Celtics are obviously getting hit Celtics by... The Celtics are only a seventh. What do you mean? They've yeah. only played 10 games. 10 games so far, so not even. But, man, we're getting through the NBA season. So far, there's been about six cancellations. Oh, Most The, the NBA's got problems, man. I, COVID, I was looking yeah. at the standings. There's teams that have played nine games, and there's teams that are playing their 15th game tonight. Um, that That's a problem. They're, I really think that the NBA needs a bubble, um, but I don't they're think never they're going to They'll one. never go to a yeah. bubble. It's not going to go to a bubble, and I don't even know if it's going to go to a bubble for the playoffs. Hopefully, by then it the should. vaccination will be good. We'll it see should. down the you line. Can't be postponing playoffs for a week, right? But the good news is, and unfortunately, it's mostly been the Celtics. The games that have been canceled so far, it's mostly been and the, the Celtics and the Heat. But right now, it hasn't been as bad as I thought it would be. But once again, we're not even one six through the season yet, and so far the Celtics have only played ten games. But hopefully, they'll get on back on track tomorrow. It seems like they'll be playing the Orlando Magic. Hopefully, they'll have enough players for that game. But right now, like I said. We're about 1-6 through the season right now. Jay Connor, who's your early surprise team? A team that you didn't think would be as good that's playing their asses off so far this season? I'm going to uh, probably upset Connor with this, but I'm going to say the Knicks. Am I, am I stealing your answer, Connor? No, you're not. Go ahead. I'm going with the New York Knicks. This team is is a bottom-of-the-barrel team every year. They, you know, they're a dumpster fire. Um, I actually wrote down dumpster fire in my notes, but right now I am a firm believer that they will at least be in the playing games in the playoffs. Um, I, I think that they're, they're semi legit. Um, I think that they have improved their coaching staff. I think they've improved their, their front end talent. Um, and I think that their young guys are beginning to develop and you know, it's the Knicks, so they're not going to develop as well as they should, but they may develop well enough that they, uh, compete. I mean, they're five and seven right now. Uh, they're good for like the tenth seed, and yeah. and I, I see it continuing. I think Julius Randle, yes, is a decent player, yeah, fine good, yeah. leader for their team, um, and he's good enough to go five hundred. Um, and I and I think the Knicks have been the biggest surprise for me because I saw them being a lot worse. Team that surprised me the most so far is a team that I would thought would be the worst team in the NBA. I had the Oklahoma City Thunder doing 
a lot of bad things this season so far, and they've played 11 games and they've won five. They're five and six right now. You look up and down this roster. We were doing this quiz the other night to Jake. I mean, it's hard to name eight players I on this team. I got wrong, actually, after I looked. You really? Yeah. Who? Terrence Ferguson. Oh, yeah, he's not even on the team anymore? No. Oh, Man- where is he? Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, oh, he is. Damn. But this is an Oklahoma City Thunder team that just doesn't have talent. They have Al Horford. They have George Hill. But besides that, they got young guys. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is a good player. But you look up and down this roster, and for them to only be 5-6 and six right now, it's pretty impressive. They beat, they've beaten some good teams. They've played some good basketball. In the games they've lost, they've been pretty competitive in most of them. Thank you for the bad news, Joe. Oh, man, the Devils just scored 1-1 to with 10 minutes to go. Hopefully the Bruins can pull that one out somehow. First game of the season. But, um, yeah, going back to that, the OKC Thunder right now for their 5-6, and six, I don't know how long they're going to last winning some of these games with the talent that they have on this roster. But right now, you look at this team, winning five of their first 11 games isn't too bad for a team with Al Horford, who hasn't even played that good so far, getting contributions from guys off their bench like Mike Muscala and other guys. I'm impressed by what I've seen from the Thunder so far. Connor? Those are two good teams you guys just had that are definitely surprises. I went with the Philadelphia 76ers mm. just because they are – Record-wise, a little bit better than these two teams, and I, I, we know I love the Knicks. Um, they've they've gone on a four-game losing streak since I spoke highly of them, so I'm gonna save my thoughts on them. But this Philly team is eight and four right now at the moment. They were hotter. They were seven and one at on uh, the first eight games of the season, so they've cooled down a little bit. But I, I still am shocked. This is a a team that is surprisingly gelled really well with a lot of new pieces, a lot of new surrounding guys, a lot of shooters. And I think it's worked to perfection. I think Simmons has realized Simmons trash. Is, Simmons is still trash. He still yeah. understands that he can't shoot the ball. But, you know, they're making up for it with Danny Green, Seth Curry. They're getting all the guys they can. And Joel Embiid's having a heck of a season right now. And that's a great player. Not, he's, I, he's a great player. And it kind of just you're kind of just banking on that. He has a great, great year, year in and year out. And he's um he's doing it again. He's not disappointing this year. I think he's. I think he's a lot more determined, a lot more determined than I thought he would be personally. I thought they would just cruise to the four or fifth seed, but it looks like they want to they wanna compete, and they really want to be one of the top seeds in the East, so I have to give credit to them. There's been a lot of teams that have disappointed me so far in the NBA, but the team that's disappointed me the most, look it. The Toronto Raptors are a team that has Ooh. talent. They have Kyle Lowry, Ooh. they have Fred Van Fleet, too easy, they have man. Pascal Siakam, but we're talking about teams that have disappointed you. They've played yeah. 10 games. You know how many they've won? Two. How many? The, the Toronto Raptors are 2-8. and eight. Oh, They lost Serge Ibaka and they lost Marcus All. They haven't lost that much else. They shouldn't. I wasn't high on them going into the season, but this team should not be 2-8 and eight right now. They've had leads in all of their games so far. They've had a lot of leads in the second half that they've blown. You saw they were beating the Celtics pretty good when they played earlier they in the season. They lost pretty bad. And the, the Celtics blew their doors off in the second half. Pascal Siakam's already missed two game-winning shots this season, and we're only 10 games in. Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet are good basketball players. Don't forget, you got Norman Powell on this team, who's another good player. OG on a no. OG's another good player on this team. You got a pretty good. Boucher. You got a Boucher's a good star. I love, I love Boucher. You got a good head coach in Nick Nurse, mm-hmm. and you have talent up and down this roster. Right. Yes, Serge Ibaka's pretty big loss, but you played ten games and you've only won two of them. The Toronto Raptors have really disappointed me so far. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I wrote the Raptors down, but I I wasn't gonna talk about them because I felt it was a little too obvious. I talked. I wrote down two other teams that I'm not gonna talk about because I, you know, Denver. I feel like Denver year in and year out is one of the best records in the NBA, and this year they're they're below 500 right now. It seems like outside of Nikola Jokic, no one's really playing well. Another team, New Orleans. You were talking about Zion, COVID. You know, they they don't seem to be gelling as well as I thought they should. They have a very talented team. 
and I think they should be better. Yeah. But the team I ch- I chose, which I'm going to briefly cover because we've already talked about them a little bit, is the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you know, we go into the season. This team is as deep as as they come. They have a great. They had a great bench. You know, they they lost some of those pieces with the, with this trade, but they had a great bench. They got great top tier talent. Mm-hmm. And they they have you know I I think a decent coach I mean Steve Nash is is a new coach but I think he's fine, um, and you know I just they're seven and six right now yeah like that that's not good enough for for a Kevin Durant led team even if Irving is you know playing via Zoom they look damn um, good on Christmas yeah they and they yeah. yeah they did look good and they have their moments but then they lo- you know they lose to the Wizards and they you know they they lose to like Charlotte or whoever they yeah. play and. Yeah, I mean, they should be beating those teams every single time. And I get that, you know, the the schedule, games are, you know, back-to-back, they're tighter, whatever, you guys are resting. But you're 7-6, and six and, you're, and you're one of the best teams in the league. And, and I feel like they're a team that doesn't have a lot to prove in the regular season. Yeah, no way. But you don't want to not have home court. Like, the, and that's what they're working towards. So I, I've really been dis- disappointed in Brooklyn. They they should be, you know, they're 7-6. and six. They should be at least 9-4. and four. One team I'm disappointed in... So far this season is also in the Eastern Conference, and they are the Washington Wizards. They're three and eight after eleven games, and uh, I know it's pretty <laughs> awful. And Beal has scored one thousand points. And now Westbrook's out apparently with his quad. West, uh, Westbrook hasn't played the last couple games now uh, with that quad, and it looks like it's not getting any better from what I'm hearing. Beal has had an exceptionally amazing season again. Doesn't matter what goes on in Washington. You could have you could storm the Capitol. You could have a new president. <laughs> yeah. You could have the whole you could have the whole place on fire. Beal will put up fifty. It's it's just something that's in his blood, and that's why he needs to get traded. He needs to get himself out of there. I know he signed an extension, but Jesus, they they got rid of their first to get Westbrook, and Westbrook things not working out, and they re-signed Bertans, and mm, he's I like him. I think he should start. He's good, but over I mean, Hachimura, it's not it's not move or Avija. Hachimura is where your future is at, and, and Bertans Thomas a, Bryant. Bertans a good piece. He's hurt. He's he's, he's out for the year. Thomas for the Bryant. Year. Done for the year. Yeah, he tore his ACL, didn't he? Yeah, he did, and that yeah. sucks because he was having actually another really good year. Trivia so, question: You know who their starting center is going to be now, right? Gortat. No, he has a brother. Gortat uh, Plumley. No, Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez. That's right. He is on Washington. But, yeah, this team has been really disappointing. I thought Westbrook would at least help them take a step and Beal would keep producing. And Beal is still producing, but Westbrook is – Westbrook was not performing Westbrook. prior to the injury. And Russell Westbrook. now he's hurt, and they need to save Bradley Beal. That's all I'm going to say. Save, save him? Save him. Like, get, like trade him? Like just get him help. Get him out of there. Just do whatever you if, I'm, if I'm you a have, firm believer he should be traded to the Miami Heat. If you have any feelings toward Bradley Beal that are not hurtful and you I actually would, like him I as like a Bradley person, Beal. you should advocate for him to leave Washington. Yeah, Miami Heat. Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking about surprise players and disappointing players real quick before we move on to a tiny bit of baseball and then we'll end with our wild card picks. But Connor, Jake, has there been one guy that's really just surprised you a lot this season? I know Christian Wood. You, he's not a surprise. He's not a surprise to he's you. Not a surpri- Christian Wood is not a surprise. I, I wrote down Christian Wood is not a surprise. Can you read it right there? <laughs> Christian Wood is not a surprise. Christian wow. Wood is not a surprise for me at least. I knew he'd be incredible. Um, and he's he, If I didn't know, then this guy is easily everyone else's biggest surprise. He's all over the place. He's scoring like 22 a game. He's getting like 12 boards. He's a, he's a baller. Um, and, I, and I knew he was going to do it, so I'm not surprised. My biggest surprise is Gordon Hayward. All right. um, yeah. 
and I really don't like Gordon Hayward, but he's averaging 22-5-4, and four, and Charlotte is like looking like a playoff team right now. Wasn't a surprise and, to me. Oh, really? I mean, my bold prediction, I said he'd average at least 25-5, and five, which I don't know if the assists he's are that high. He's not going to do that. But he's not going to average. He's he might be closer than you think. He's not averaging right. 25 or 5 right now. So No, at least 20 points a game. I think um, he's averaging at least 20 points, at least 5 rebounds, and at least 5 assists. Oh, well, he's at 22-5-4, and four, so you're close. Um, oh, am I like in someone's spot? No, you're good. Oh, okay. Oh, that's my sister. Just tell her we got an important show going on. Whatever. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's for me, it's Hayward. I really saw Charlotte as being one of the worst teams in the league. And then Hayward comes in and they, they say, you know, he broke his, what did he break, his thumb? He's, his, break, he's broken he broke everything his on his hand. body so far. He broke his hand to start the year, and then all of a sudden he's shooting like 60% from the field and like wow. 40% from three. Um, and he's, yeah, he's leading this team that he, you know, he's a new system. He's like, everything is new to him. And he's, you know, he's, it's been like four years since he's been the top yeah. option on a team. And he, he fit right in. He's playing well. And, you know, I got to give props to Gordon Hayward when, when props are due. And, you know, he may, it may have taken a little more for him to gain my props, but he's doing it. The player that surprised me the most so far, yes, he's a rookie. Yes, he plays for the Boston Celtics. Yes, he went to the University of Oregon. But, man, Peyton Pritchard. Aaron Neesmith. Yeah, right. <laughs> Aaron Neesmith has barely played. But, man, Peyton Pritchard's a baller. I know he's a rookie. I know the Celtics have only played 10 games so far. I might have a little green going on. But, man, I'm a huge Celtics fan. No, he's incredible. The guy's really good. And, Connor, I'm sure you've seen him. I have. The guy's he's so good. Going into the league, I thought he was going to be good. But I think this kid has a chance to be better than good. I think he can be great. I think he's he's very undersized. You saw the tip-in that won the game against the Miami Heat, an athletic play by him. A thing that I really didn't realize about him is how good of a defender he was. That guy is he great. Hard. Very hard worker on the defensive side of the ball. His offense is very good. He can shoot the three ball just like he was doing at Oregon. This is a guy that the Celtics are going to really, really like for years to come. Kemba Walker is coming back for the Celtics, which is good news. Peyton Pritchard might play a little less than he was playing before. But this guy is surprising me a lot so far. Like I said, I thought he was going to be good. But this man is on fire so hey, far to start a Celtics career. What's going to happen to Jeff Teague? Jeff Teague might not play as much either. I mean, the Celtics got good guards. Marcus, a lot of guards. Marcus Smart might not play as much. They're going to no, have... No, Mar- like, they're going to play Marcus Smart at, like, power forward. And they're going to... It's going to depend it, on the game. Eh, I don't know. I mean... But once again, we'll see. Kemba might not be healthy. But right now, Peyton Pritchard surprised me the most. Connor, you agree or you got someone else? Or you I, agree I, and you have someone else. I agree and I have someone else. I like Peyton Pritchard. He is definitely a surprise. And I, I do agree with Jake. Gordon Hayward is... Was that your pick? No, it's not my pick. He <laughs> oh, okay. plays on the same team as Gordon Hayward. Um, he's a rookie too, just like Peyton Pritchard. Vernon Carey. Almost. Is this? You may have heard of him. His name is LaMelo Ball. Uh, I, we all, I mean, I knew that he was the most talented player coming out of this draft. I said that and I said that and I said that. But... Did you say that? And I said that. But I did not see the fact that when I first heard he was going to come off the bench for Charlotte, I was like, oh, great. It's I mean, they got a lot of guards. They do. I, they do. So I was like, oh, great. It's going to take them 20, 30, 40 games Years. for to – No, 40 games for it to kick in, you know, for, for Lamel's game to really start coming out. And, and it really only took five games. He had a pretty shaky start to the season, first five games off the bench. And then once he realized, like, I'm just going to – I'm getting my 30 minutes. Like, it is what it is. Come off the bench. Yeah. He's been killing it. Yeah. He's been absolutely destroying it. And and that's not to say he's been shooting the ball well. He actually hasn't if you look at the numbers. No, he's not a great shooter. He's doing everything not else, though. He's rebounding well. He's passing he's the ball He's averaging, well. like, seven assists a game. Or seven boards. Seven boards. Seven six and boards. a half assists. Yeah. Like, um, he's playing Open. unbelievable off the bench for them. And he's – you can tell when you watch him, he's just a spark for them. He just has that energy. And even the shot's not falling – 
He's always getting the rebound. He's pushing the pace. He's passing the ball. He's being really pass first, really team oriented. And I, I want, I want this. So I'm gonna say this before I jump into my early disappointing player, which, yeah. I'm, which I'm gonna segue into. Okay. Lamelo is already better than Lonzo Ball. I think he is too. So and your, your Lon- disappointing player is, is Lonzo Eric Ball. Bledsoe. It's Lonzo Ball. Okay. Lonzo stings. Good. Good. Keep going. It. Well, I mean, the part of part of it is Bledsoe is playing the point guard, yep. and that's and they have Redick. Yeah, and that and that's and you can't have Lonzo. And like, they have play, Josh Hart playing the two or three, but so Lonzo should be playing the one, but still, he's not shooting well. He's not playing well. His actually, he's shooting better than he was. Really? Yeah, but it's like he's taking less shots, About like three percent. But he's so. yeah, See, but no, but he's hooping. There you go. He's, he's not popping. Being, he's not being assertive enough. He's See, he doesn't no, have that not. role. He and I think he's lost a little bit of his confidence, honestly. And if you watch the game specifically that I'm referring to, the game against his brother that I think a lot of us tuned into just to see how it worked out, he looked awful. Yeah. He just looked lost out there. So you think LaMelo's already better? Yeah, I do. Wow. I, I I mean I thought LaMelo would eventually be the best out of the three, eventually be better than I think Lonzo, we all did. But I think it's clear that he is already better. Wow. So your most disappointing player is Lonzo, is Ball. Lonzo Ball. Wow. Jake? So uh thought it'd be fun to point out on all the balls, Connor is talking about all the balls. Except for Jello Ball. And he doesn't count. He's not, he's <laughs> not in the league anymore. He doesn't count. He got undrafted in the G League. Right? Whoa, 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 Jake, before, before we get to your most disappointing player, Scott, congratulations. Urban Meyer is the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I wish you the best of luck, and I wish Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville the best of luck, but... Urban Meyer is the head coach of Jacksonville, if you guys didn't know. I hope that was his heart doesn't give that. out. Maybe they'll draft Justin Fields. I hope he has conditions, you know, so he can keep coaching the team and not leave after a scandal. Yeah, another scandal. Wow, Connor, a little salty. Hey, you know, just speaking from personal experience, Scott, I just wish you the best. <laughs> I'm just saying, he might come down with a heart condition in the middle of the game and retire. Uh, you, I wouldn't want that to happen to Trevor. That would be that would be pitiful. Or, uh, or Justin. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm right here. Justin Fields. Oh, he might, he right. might draft Fields. I don't know. Who's your most disappointing NBA player? My most disappointing NBA player last year. This is a guy. Maybe you guys can guess it before I uh, say the name out loud. This guy I was extremely high on last year. I'm a big fan of his game. He's extremely athletic. Last year he averaged 19 points, six and a half boards, and one and a half assists per game. Um, I not, know, not a star, I know. but a, but a very good player. I know. It um, is. and this year he's he's down to eleven <laughs> points per game. He's been very disappointing. He's shooting awful from the field. Yeah, who is it, Connor? Kelly Oubre. That's right. It's Kelly <laughs> Oubre. <laughs> I am a big fan of Kelly Oubre, and I was very excited for him to go to the Warriors. I mean, I, when they had Thompson, I thought Kelly Oubre is a great third option on that team. Right. Um, he's he's a guy who can get twenty a game if he needs to, and you know, with him and Wiggins to to you know supplement. Um, Clay and Curry, I thought this team really had title potential. Um, and, you know, when Clay went down, it, it, I, I still thought, okay, this is three guys that can get 20 a game any night. And, and Kelly Oubre has just not been good. He's been really bad for them. He can't hit a three for his life. Like, he, like the most exciting thing he's done is a couple putback dunks that have been mm-hmm. very, very exciting. But, I mean, you know, that gets you hyped up for about five minutes. Yeah, and that's then, all. And then yeah, and then you're back to oh he missed four shots since then, um, yeah he's just he's just not playing well. Maybe it's you know maybe it's a scheme issue. Maybe it's you know just getting used to his new team. But I hope he rebounds because he he cannot continue this way and, and be the player that I came to respect when he played for Phoenix. 
Um, he, he's got a lot of uh, bouncing back to do, and I hope he does it because he's been very disappointing. I agree with you both. Those are some very disappointing players so far this season. My disappointing player goes back to my disappointing team. My disappointing team's the Toronto Raptors. My disappointing player is Pasco Siakam. He's not a star. I've bro. never been high on Pasco Siakam. To, oh, 2 2. Wow, this Bruins game's going back and forth now in the third period. Dang it. Thank you for the updates, Joe. Tipped off on McAvoy. Uh oh. Might come down to the wire. You running for the Bruins tonight, Connor? I don't know. It's like to see a good game, but that stinks. I, I know. pulled it out. But it's Pasco Siakam for me. This guy I've never been high on in the first place. And man, he's had two attempts at game winning shots this season for a Toronto Raptors team that's 2 and 8. And he hasn't hit either one. And first of all, I think you you got to go to someone else for the game-winning shot. I'd rather go to Lowry, Lowry or Van Fleet. Oh, yeah, big-time Van Fleet. They, they've given Siakam the ball twice on a chance to win the game, and he hasn't hit the shots. Siakam, to me, is a disappointing player because he's supposed to be the best player on that team. Like I said, they've won two games. He's been there for a while now. He's been in the same role for a while. He's starting, and he's been starting. And I just don't think he's getting any better. And you lose Zabaka, and you lose Gasol, and you expect him to improve. And I've seen no improvements from Pasco Siakam, whatever. So, for me, it's Pasco Siakam. He's disappointed me, really, for his whole career, to be quite honest with you. All right, we got about 10, 15, 20 minutes left in the show. We'll talk some Red Sox-Yankees for about three to five minutes here, and then we'll get into our... we get some big games coming up this weekend, guys. Yep. we get some big NFL games coming up this weekend. But real quickly, moving on to baseball, we haven't hit on that in a little while. we still got a lot of time until the season starts, Connor. But right now, I feel like the Red Sox and Yankees are kind of in the same boat. They're saying that guys are going to move... The Red Sox have said that Benintendi's on his way out. The Yankees are going to say have been saying that DJ LeMahieu is probably on his way out. But right now, the Red Sox and Yankees haven't really done much at all. The Red Sox got Hunter Renfro, who's a good outfielder. He strikes out a hell of a lot. They also got a guy by the name of Matt Andresi, a relief pitcher, that he doesn't really stand out to me as that special. So the Red Sox, they say they're going to do things. The Yankees usually do things, but right now, both these teams are pretty much standing pat. Connor, what do you think? I think the Yankees are, they're in a, Weird, really bad spot if if um, it wasn't clear when we first talked about the offseason, and that's clear from what the Yankees are doing. They can't, they don't have the money to sign LeMayhew because they know they got to pay Judge and Gary and Glaber's coming up and all those guys soon. And you just paid Jared Cole and you're still paying Giancarlo Stanton big money. Like they, they're getting close to the luxury tax and they want to be under it because they're not a World, World Series winning team. They don't want to pay over for a team that's not going to win. And right now, they might. this is going to come at the cost of DJ LeMahieu, and that sucks because he is one of the best pure hitters in baseball. One of the, a great fielder at second base. He can play any position in the infield. Just a guy who – a guy you – it's hard to put in words because they just, they just don't come around Do often. Do your best. Like guys who just hit 300 <laughs> year in and year out. Like that, they just don't come around anymore. I don't know what happened to baseball if pitchers became better. But in back in the day, you used to have Definitely guys like dude. you used to have guys like Tony Gwynn and. Uh, my baseball history is, needs to be refreshed a little bit. Alex Rodriguez. I don't know if he hit three hundred every year. No, he didn't. He didn't. Tony Gwynn hit three hundred every year. Three hundred void pills. You're thinking of Ichiro? Yeah, Suzuki. Bro. Ichiro batted three hundred a year. Yeah, but. Like, DJ LeMahieu has power, too, and it's just like, those guys don't come around ever. And if you have one, you pay whatever it takes to hold on to him. And the Yankees are literally going to let him go for chips and guac. It's a joke. I like chips and guac. Yeah, you're making me in the mood for Chipotle now. It's a joke. I mean, he's probably going to go to the Mets. And as far as Ben Attendee goes, I think he just needs a new change of scenery. Yeah, he does. Like, and that sucks for you guys. Like, I'm sorry that he needs that. Cause I'm he, not sorry. Get him out of here. 
dude, he's one of the he's a really good pure hitter when he is on. He's good for the ladies, he's, and that's about it. He's another guy who can bat what? 280. Ben the girls love him. He's Why? another guy that can bat 280, 290, though, in the season guy. and hit 30 dingers. He's a good ball player. Really good. He, he is very good. And to me, what it comes down to, like, what are the Red Sox exactly trying to do right now? They get Chris Sale's a guy that's coming off Tommy John surgery. But to me, it seems like we're going in two completely different directions. Are we trying to get better or are we trying to get worse? Because right now, we're going to ship out Benintendi. We just shipped out Mookie Betts. We just shipped out David Price. We just let Brandon Workman and Heath Hembry go to the Philadelphia Phillies last season. But now we're trying to get better by getting guys like Hunter Renfro and Matt Andresi. And apparently we're in trade talks trying to maybe get Corey Kluber, sign Corey Kluber, maybe sign a guy by Jake Odorizzi. Hunter Renfro? Yeah, not the football player, but the Red Sox have another Hunter Renfro on their team now. Isn't that insane? That's not a common name. Yeah, no, there's two, two Hunter really Renfros. Not. And actually they got a picture with each other on one of their Instagram pages. Wow. But going back to the Red Sox, it seems like they're going in completely different directions. Like I said... You're, you're unloading guys like David Price and Heath Embry and Brandon Workman, but now you're talking like you want to have the best rotation in baseball by maybe signing Jake Odorizzi and Corey Kluber to go along with the guys that you already have in Rodriguez, Avaldi, and Chris Sale. Like, what the hell are they doing right now? John Henry, to me, has done some very bad things for this baseball team. It seems like we're going back and forth every season, first in the division, last in the division. Are we eating chicken in the clubhouse like the Bobby Valentine days? Are we trying to win World Series here? Like, what are we doing? Yes, I want to get rid of Andrew Benintendi. But if you get rid of a guy like Benintendi, you better get a lot for that guy. Oh, man, overtime. This Bruins game seems like it's exciting tonight, guys. But if you get rid of Benintendi, you better get some good prospects for the guy. You got Jeter Downs in the farm system. You got Jaron Duran in the farm system. The Red Sox are loading up on some prospects that maybe, to a lot of people, they're underrating them right now. But right now, Connor, I feel like the Yankees are kind of in the same boat, like, are they going to get rid of him? Is LeMahieu gone? Are they going to sign some other guys to go along with Garrett Cole in that rotation? The Red Sox and Yankees got to figure some stuff out. There's a lot of time in the offseason. But to me right now, the Red Sox get a good lineup. You got Rafi Devers. You got J.D. Martinez. You got Xander Bogarts. I think the lineup's pretty good. The question to me is, you beef up that bullpen, and I think the Red Sox have a chance to be at the top of the division again. And my thing with the Yankees has been pitching. They got they got a lineup, and even if LeMahieu leaves, that sucks, but Glaber's a good ball player. Judge's a good ball player. Stanton can hit the ball. When Gary's on, he's unstoppable. Luke Voigt had a good year. We got some. We got, we got plenty of hitters. You can always find hitters, but pitching is something that I, if I, if I don't know a lot about baseball, there, there's a finite amount of really good pitching, and always. you have to do whatever it takes to grab onto it. And the Padres just acquired Blake Snell. I didn't know how this yeah. dude was available, but I would have loved to see the Yankees give up everything for Blake Snell. But the Padres, man, they're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pierre, Pierre Blake Snell. good. Right? Blake Snell and Garrett Cole at the top of your rotation. Yeah. Imagine that. They were already so oh, good. Jesus. And who, who else did they have over there next to Snell in, in San Diego? Clem, Clevenger. They have Clevenger. They also got you Darvish, too, now. Oh, stop. Oh, that's <laughs> unreal. That's unreal. But, man, that lineup's also good. But, yeah, the Red Sox and Yankees, like I said, just feels like they're kind of going uh, that you want to be good right now or do you want to be bad because the Red Sox got to do something. Get rid of Benintendi. You're talking about it a lot these last couple months, couple weeks. It better happen before episode of 21 of All the Balls because I'm sick of hearing about Benintendi. Happen now or happen never because John Henry, he has a big mouth and he better, he better make sure this team's as good as the Yankees and Rays this season. All right, you guys, we're almost an hour into this right now. The Bruins are in a very tough battle in overtime. But we got a big weekend ahead of us. We got two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. And before we talk about them, think about I was thinking about this this morning actually. 
Think about the quarterbacks in the AFC that are left and the ones in the NFC. It seems like in the AFC, are they all 25 or younger? Baker's you got Mahomes, oldest. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Baker Mayfield. Baker's the oldest one. All four of those guys are 25 yeah, or younger. 26, maybe. And then think about the yeah, NFC. I know, I know Allen's 24. Baker, Baker's at least 25 because he, he, was, he was a walk-on and then played four years. So to uh, me, you, you, got the four up and co- you got the four up-and-coming guys in the AFC, and then you look at the NFC. You got Tom Brady, you got Drew Brees, you got Aaron Rodgers, and you got, I mean, Jared Goff, the youngest of the bunch. No, but that's, that's like the three oldest starters outside of Rivers in the NFL, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So it's, I'm very excited for this weekend. These four games are going to be very exciting. Maybe not the Green Bay game, but you guys, let's go through our picks. Starting with, I got the schedule right here in front of me, thanks to Tony Romo and Jim Nance. It's four games. I know, like, the, <laughs> it's the, four or, games, man. the order of the games. Why do you games. need the schedule? No, you know, Saturday at 4.35, Saturday at 8.15. I like that. Thank you. Sunday Justin. at 3.05. Just get get your weekend planned out. This is appointment television, Jake. Appointment television. All right, the first game of the weekend, Saturday at 4.35. I think this is good that it's the first game. Get this one out of the way. Yeah. The L.A. Rams are traveling to Lambeau Field. The Green Bay Packers got the bye last week, but now they're playing some big-time football. Aaron Rodgers, to me, needs another Super Bowl. Are they going to beat the Rams this week, guys? Hell yeah, they're going to beat the Rams this week. I I mean, we talked about the Rams in Seattle a little bit, and I th- we all had Seattle winning. But Seattle is, is a team full of frauds. And the, the Rams showed up, and they, they played well, and they, and they really just never took their foot off the pedal, and they got the win. But I don't think that the same thing can happen against Green Bay. I think Green Bay can you know notoriously comes out strong, gets a lead, something Seattle really tr- had trouble with the second half of the year. And I think that once they're up at home against a Rams team that, you know, is a little on and off, they, they have a good defense, but their offense can struggle at times. Jared Goff is one of the worst quarterbacks on the road um, in the NFL. We didn't see him driving. <laughs> I get it. Okay. Um, we didn't see him <laughs> driving, yeah, because, you know, on the road. Um, oh, oh. That's what I'm saying. I got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know – in away games, he's one of the worst quarterbacks oh, oh. Um, in the NFL. And I, I really just don't see him going into Lambeau and getting a win against a team that just won the NFC. Hell no. Um, it, I really don't see it happening. I think that, you know, maybe the tradition continues and Devontae Adams gets into the end zone first and then Aaron Jones backs him up from there. Um, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, look for... Uh, Goff's going to try and hit the throw the ball out there early and often, but I don't know how successful he's going to be. Yeah, I got the Packers in this one, too, and I, you know, the Rams, you have to give them the credit for beating Seattle, you do, but like Jake said, Seattle was a very fraudulent team, and we learned that um, watching the second half of the season, but oh, I think yeah. we were still shocked that they came out and looked absolutely flat against the Rams, and, but you know After what, that's, watching it, I'm not surprised. Yeah, after watching it, you're just like, that's what fraudulent teams do, Yeah, but the Rams were a benefit of playing a fraudulent team, just like the Browns were. And and this week it will not their time will run out on them. The Packers are clearly I think the best team in the NFC. Yeah, I think they're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're clearly the best team in the NFC. Clearly. I I was struggling, I was like, ah, maybe the Saints. I was like, nah, the Packers are clearly the oh, best team. Oh, dude. Top top to front. They Aaron Rodgers and hell tip of a to tip. hell of a year from him. Tip to tip. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, tip to tip, all good stuff. I love it. And the Packers are going to – I think they're going to steamroll. I think they win by at least two touchdowns. I have Green Bay winning this game. I don't think it's going to be that close. 
while the game's going on, I think the Rams might get a, a touchdown, you know, one of those touchdowns that Jimmy Graham got. By the way, Jimmy Graham, nice job. That was an awesome that was a touchdown. Nice, that was a nice touchdown, the one-handed catch. Man, that might be his last touchdown of his career. Walked off the field, too. So it could be. But. <laughs> he was like, we're not winning this one. I'm done. But I think time, time ran out. He just he was like, all right, I'm going to the yeah. See you all later. I'm going home. I think something like that very similar could happen. Maybe it's Tyler Higby in this game. I think Tyler Higby. I think the score is going to be Green Bay 30 to 14. Jared Goff's going to be driving him down the field, and you know what? The final is going to be 30 to 21. I have Green Bay winning this game 30 to 21. How many scores you got? All four. Oh. But I, but I think the Rams are the team that scores the least amount of points out of all eight teams playing this weekend. I think Green Bay wins this game by nine. They're well rested. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good game. Listen, you got to deal with Aaron Donald, and that's going to be a very interesting matchup to see what he can do against a pretty good Green Bay offensive line. But you get Devontae Adams against Jalen Ramsey, another very good battle. That's going to be on Saturday at 435. Adams is going to dominate. But this Green Bay team, offensively, I think they're too good. Defensively, I think they're going to get be able to get to Jared Goff. And this Green Bay team will put up 30 points, and we'll be talking about them in the NFC Championship next weekend. Mm, yep. Staying on Saturday... In my opinion, I think this is going to be the best game of the weekend. Saturday night, 8-15, Baltimore-Buffalo, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, John Harbaugh, Sean McDermott. Guys, who's winning Jimmy this one? Smith. Um, Cole Beasley. Yeah. Cole Beasley. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it has the potential to be the best game of the week. I don't think it will be. I have another game in mind. Um, but... This one's for sure going to be exciting. Baltimore just had a great performance against Tennessee, and if they can shut down the run game like that, I mean, I think they have a real chance against Buffalo. I know Buffalo, Josh Allen is, is a passing machine, and, you know, they, yeah, he is. Yeah, they can get it done without a run game, but cutting off the run game is, is huge, especially for Josh Allen, who likes to run. Um, I'm still going to go Buffalo here. Um, I think it's going to be a very good game. It could be high scoring if Baltimore's defense can't stop Buffalo because Buffalo's defense definitely can't stop Baltimore. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look for Lamar Jackson to have another great rushing day. I, I really, I don't know. This could be a last possession game for me, but I, I think Buffalo comes out with the win. I think this is going to be a great game. And um, to touch on the AFC quarterbacks, um, again, about the age, the reason why they're all so close in age, three of these quarterbacks came from the 2017 draft, which was five quarterbacks in the first round. Incredible. To the two that didn't make it, Josh Rosen, who is on a practice squad, and Sam Sammy Darnold. D. Yeah. Sammy D, baby. Sammy Darnold of the New York Jets. Just want to point that out of there. Of the for Pittsburgh everyone. Steelers. So, yeah, Josh Allen against Lamar Jackson, I think it's going to be big time. Um I have the Ravens in this one, and that's just because of Buffalo last week. And, I mean, I've... Colts are good, dude. They they are good, but Buffalo was just very non-impressive to me, especially in the first half. I expected them to just come out floor-pounding, and they were kind of slow. And if they're, if they're going to start out slow against Baltimore, it's going to be a slugfest, and it's going to be one in the trenches. It's going to be one on the run game. It's going to be low-scoring. And I think if Baltimore gets some low scoring, they're going to win that game because I think they're just um, physically a stronger team. Mm. Buffalo seem more of a finesse team. And if Baltimore traps them in a physical game. Low scoring affair, yeah, I got Baltimore. It could be over quickly. I don't think it's going to happen. Connor, I completely agree agree with you. Going into the playoffs, I had Buffalo in the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. But once again, don't forget, I had them playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game, and I thought that would be a cakewalk. Right, me too. But now you run into this Baltimore Ravens team, and the Buffalo Bills fans, don't tell me you're not nervous because you definitely are nervous as hell. The Bills Mafia is probably 
going nuts right now. You're playing Lamar Jackson. This is a great matchup with Lamar Jackson going up against Josh Allen. I think it's a high-scoring game. I have 38-34 to 34 Baltimore winning this Ridiculous game. Ridiculous score. Wow. In a great battle. I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be really be able to be contained in this game. But the reason why I think Baltimore wins is because this Buffalo defense kind of reminds me of the defense that Baltimore just faced in Tennessee. They don't have a very good defensive line. I think Lamar Jackson is going to be able to run pretty easily on this Bills team. The linebackers, to me, are pretty similar. You have Matt Milano for Buffalo, who's a very good hybrid type of linebacker. And some of the guys that he faced on Tennessee, like Harold Landry and a couple of those other guys they got, I think it all comes down to me. Lamar Jackson's going to be able to do a lot in this game. The secondary for me is not great for Buffalo. Yes, Tredavious White's a shutdown cornerback, but the Boy, Ravens the Ravens receivers... Yeah, another guy, right? Poyer and Micah Hyde. Yeah, Poyer and Micah Hyde. Those are their safety. Their safeties are good, too. Yeah. Their safeties are good, but Levi Wallace, to me, not a great cornerback no. either. But I think Lamar Jackson's going to go off in this game. You saw what he did to Tennessee... Josh Allen, to me, is a great quarterback. Yep. A very good quarterback. But this Baltimore Ravens defense is playing their asses off. They're playing hard at the right time. And to me, I thought Buffalo was playing Pittsburgh. But now you're telling me Buffalo's playing Baltimore? I, th- I give the slight edge to the Ravens in this one. Wow. Okay, I guess I'm lone wolfing with a favorite. Surprise, surprise. So those are your Saturday games. And, man, that, those are going to be a great, great day. But this day might even be better on Sunday. I think it is. Tell me. The first game at 3.05. Cleveland Browns and Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you guys got one in this one? I bet we all agree. With um, City. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this game is is the one I have marked on my calendar. I think this is the best game of the week. Really? Um, yeah, I really do. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a maybe oh, wow. it's a maybe though for me. Thanks, Mandy. Um, Bruins are one and zero. Excellent. Um, yeah, it's it's a maybe for me because if the Browns play like they did last week against the Steelers, then this game is going to be one to remember um, because it's going to be a full-blown shootout. Both teams dropping shootout. 30. Yeah, shootout. Both teams <laughs> dropping 30-plus. Um, you know, a back-and-forth affair. Who can score the most? Who's going to score last? It could be one of those games if the Browns' offense shows up. You know that Kansas City's offense is going to show up. Yeah. You know Pat Mahomes is going to put up 25 in the first half. Yeah, they're coming off a bye, um, too. And they're coming off a bye. I, I don't yeah I don't think they were prepping for Cleveland in all honesty, but I don't think they really care. Um, I think that they have a game plan and they and they're going to stick to it and it's been working all season. They're fourteen and two and one of the losses was with a backup quarterback. Um, yeah. So I, I I mean I'm taking Kansas City in this game, but I I see this game being very exciting. It's going to be very fun to watch. I think it's going to be very high scoring and I'm curious to see curious to see what the over is in this one. I might. Just take it if it is under sixty, just because I oh, think it's definitely gonna be under sixty, dude. They don't they don't make NFL games <laughs> over sixty. I, I don't know what it's I'm guessing fifty. They don't make NFL I'm games. I'm guessing it's gonna 60. be fifty one. I'm gonna say fifty one uh, That's I'm my gonna, guess. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it is fifty three. And by the way, I have no idea what it I'm is. I'm gonna look right now, but I'm gonna say fifty three. Okay. Well, on that note then, um I I do think it's gonna be a high scoring affair. I think it all depends on how much Cleveland shows up in this game. Um I didn't really anticipate Cleveland coming out of the gates firing against Pittsburgh, but 28-0 is a hell of a way to come out the gates. And it's 57. It's 57, yeah, that's wow. pretty high. That's so high. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a fight, but I, I do think Kansas City wins this game, and if you need a reason, it's just Patrick Mahomes. All right, you're, for all those betting fans out there, your free bet of the week that is a guaranteed win is the under 
Yeah, no, <laughs> not the under. <laughs> Kansas City first half team total over. What is it? Don't, Don't care. I I care. I care. It's they love to listen. Start if, slow. if the over on the game is fifty seven and KC is a nine point favorite, that means that they're supposed to score thirty two under. If I, if I, the first half is seventeen, you should be a math Take teacher. it any day of the week. Seventeen. Wow. Over 17. But yeah, sticking with you guys, I think Kansas City wins this game. To me, I think it's going to be the least exciting game of the week, but I didn't think Cleveland was going to beat Pittsburgh, and shame shame on me for that because these Cleveland Browns are playing their best football right now. Baker Mayfield's having his best season. But it all comes down for me. The Chiefs are coming off a bye. Patrick Mahomes is still a phenomenal quarterback, and I don't think this Cleveland Browns defense is going to be able to get to him. I think the Chiefs' offensive line is very underrated. Yes, Miles Garrett might have a couple sacks in this game, but I have the Chiefs putting up 34 points in this game to Cleveland's 23. I think it's an 11-point game. I think Cleveland's going to be able to put up some points because they get some great running backs. And by the way, Kareem Hunt against his old team in this game. Mm. So that's going to be something to look out for. But A.K.A. Hareem. Yeah, Hareem. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Kansas City wins 34-23, and they will be going up against the Baltimore Ravens in what should be a crazy AFC championship. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. In the least exciting game of the week for me, I get the Chiefs winning by 11. That's your but, least exciting game? I just I think say it's the most exciting game. For me, I don't know. I just think Kansas City's not going to really have any issues in this one. I'm going to be excited. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for everything. I'm excited. For, it's football. How can you not be excited? But to know, me, Jets Browns. I'm yeah, the Jets Browns. The See Jets you in the playoffs won. in 25 years after we die. Well, the Jets but, won. All right. The Jets did win. <laughs> to me, the NFL Jets, saved Rams. the NFL saved the two Fuck. best games for the last game on Saturday, the 815 one and Sunday at 6:40. They're putting this game on the History Channel. If you don't know. You got Tom Brady, you got Drew Brees. What forty? I think Drew Brees' birthday is this weekend. I heard so he's going to be what forty-two. Yep, yep. A forty-three-year-old going up against a forty-two-year-old, and man, I want to lean the Saints so badly, but I also want to lean the Buccaneers so badly. And I think Tom Brady's not going to lose again to this team. Listen, Tom Brady's already lost twice in the regular season to the Saints. Tom Brady doesn't lose First to a time team. He ever got swept by a division opponent. Yeah, because he has to deal with the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins usually, but. Hey, I mean, he doesn't beat them all the time. But listen, I don't think Tom Brady's going to lose to a team three times in one season. This Saints team is legit, and I think they're going to cause major problems for a Buccaneers defense that I don't think is really good. Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas have their work cut out for them, but I think on one side you get one Hall of Famer, on the other side you get another Hall of Famer. Tom Brady's won six Super Bowls. He's trying to win his seventh this season, and I think Tom Brady is going to have a great game in this one. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, they're all going to be really ready. And to me, a thing that I think a lot of people don't understand, Leonard Fournette played some good football in that last game. Good, good running back. He's a good running back. I think Tampa Bay wins this one 27-23. I think Tom Brady's going to another championship game, this time obviously being an NFC championship. But really, it wouldn't be, surprise me either way if the Saints do win, but I got Tom Brady in this one. I think he's a better quarterback. I think this is the better offense, and I think their defense is going to step up when it matters most on the final drive of the game. I, I honestly would be surprised if the Saints win this game. Um, I, I think it's going to be somewhat close, but I don't think that it's going to be, you know, a, a question of whether the Saints are going to win the game. Um, I know that the Buccaneers are underdogs, but I think that's more of just a home field advantage thing. Yeah, give them the three. Um, yeah, because it's three points. I, I really see the Buccaneers winning this game. I think on offense, they're a far better team. They have better receiving talent. They have a better quarterback. The only the only place they aren't better is in the run game because Kamara is incredible. But Ronald Jones and, and Leonard Fournette are decent, and they're good enough to supplement a great passing attack. I think the Saints' secondary is um, better, too. I'm talking about offense. Yeah, I know. 
But overall, the Saints have a better secondary. The Saints have a better secondary. Um, I think the Bucks have a better line. Um, and I, I just, I, I don't see the Saints offense putting up enough points against the Bucks defense for the Bucks to lose this game. Um, like I said, I mean, the Bears are not a great team. They didn't hold the ball for very long. They were the Saints' offense was constantly on the field, and they still only put up twenty one points. Yeah. You're gonna have less time on offense if you're the Saints against the Buccaneers, and twenty one points is not gonna cut it. No way. Um, Tom Brady is absolutely getting more than twenty one points against the Saints, and if if you don't put up twenty one, you're you're definitely losing. So I I got the Bucks in this one. Uh, I haven't really been given scores on these games. I haven't thought about it much. You got but, one for this one? I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go out and say one for this. Uh, I'm gonna say the Bucks win this game, thirty-one to twenty-three. Well, wow, you got twenty-three like me. Wow, some good analysis by you guys. And this game is tough for me. I did, I did not see the Bucks having to play the Chiefs, but I mean the Saints. But here they are. He was going back and forth in the middle of the night on this one. I was waking up in the middle of the night. I was going to sleep for an hour, having nightmares about it. It was all types of weird stuff going on. I couldn't, couldn't digest it. So I woke up this morning and I just, just it came to me. The Saints are gonna win Why? three straight against the Bucks this year. That's gonna be crazy, but it's, it I, sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, but it's, I think it's. Gonna I would happen. definitely hate it. I think it's gonna happen. I I I like the Bucks team. <laughs> I, I I like Tom Brady. No, I don't. Not really. I lied when I said that. You respect Tom Brady. I respect Tom. You Brady. gotta respect Tom. I respect his playing abilities at forty three years old and the accomplishments he's had along the way. That being said, I don't think Tampa didn't impress me as much against Washington as. I, seemingly, a lot of people thought they did. I they guess they got the job done. They got the job done, but it. it they let who looked, Heine, they who let looked he- better, Tampa against Washington or the Saints against Chicago? That's a good question. That's a good question. Probably Tampa. I would probably say Tampa, but I think New Orleans was. New Orleans faced a tougher defense in Chicago. It's a brand Do you new really league. Think that? I don't think that. Yeah, I do. I do. I think. I think top to bottom, Chicago's better defense than Washington. I understand Washington has a good front. They. I love their front, and I've, I've been the first one to say that. But Chicago, Chicago's got a, a not as good front. They have good linebackers, and they have way better secondary than Washington does. Okay. So I think so. Um, so yeah, I think I think New Orleans is going to rebound. I think they'll put up more than twenty-one in this game. I think it'll be high scoring. Don't get me wrong. I think Tom Brady's going to put up a fight. I think it's going to come down to the wire. But in the end, I think the Saints are going to get the ball last, and I think it will be close enough where a field goal is going to be needed to win the game. Wow. And Will Lutz will do it. Wow. So I I wouldn't take the spread. Well, definitely some interesting games coming up this weekend. Once again, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. (laughs) When we're here next week, we'll have only four teams remaining in the NFL. Pretty hard to believe. But again, thank you guys for being here live in Jake's car this week. Kind of an interesting plot twist to that. Beep, beep. Thanks for the beep. But once again, we got Connor Howe. We got Jake Platter. We got Justin Miller. This was week 20 of All the Balls. Jake, thanks again for the comfort. Service with a smile. Smile. I'm the new service with a smile. This is my car. Jake's your new driver for the night. Anyway, he'll come pick you up if it's before midnight. What time is it? 9.58. Wow, you got a couple hours. All right, again, thanks. No, I won't. Thanks for (laughs) listening to us, everybody. Thanks for the Facebook updates for the Bruins game. Thanks to everyone everyone for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Week 21 coming up next week. Enjoy the football games this weekend. Connor, Jake, have a great rest of your night, everybody.
Thanks once again, Justin Miller, Jake Platter, Connor Howe. We'll see you next week.